0: The reigning champion looking for a little momentum before they get to the playoffs. It's been all the way since California, the second race of the season, when he found victory lane. One lap to go, presented by Credit One Bank. And now three car lengths separate the top two. A.J.
1: Allmendinger trying to find anything in that car to catch the five. Oh, he's going to have to have divine
2: intervention to win this race because Kyle Larson is gone. Here he comes for the final time through turn two through turn three, setting up for turn number four.
3: It's all Kyle Larson trying to score the double dip as he races his way for the final time at the back straightaway at the Glen. The best Chase Elliott could do was work
0: his way back up to fourth position after Kyle Larson ran him wide on turn one at the final restart.
1: An aggressive move, has put him in position to win this race comfortably ahead of the 16th car of A.J. Allmendinger. Only a few corners remain for the five-car in
0: checkered flag. Not the wins from Kyle Larson that we saw last year, but now getting momentum going into the playoffs. Larson becoming more dangerous at the time of the year when it matters. Playoffs looming. Kyle Larson set up for a win here. Burton, you mentioned it. He won here a year ago, and he looks to go back-to-back at the Glen. Kyle Larson comes out on the front stretch. He'll see the checkered flag. Larson
1: wins again at the Glen. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Nate Ryan here with Jeff Burton, Kyle Petty, we've got Parker Kligerman joining us in Stanford, also we'll have Michael McDowell joining us mm. a little bit later in the program, and always taking your phone calls here at Motor Mouths 1-844-NASCAR-NBC or tweet us at hashtag Motor Mouths. As you just saw, another uneventful NASCAR Cup <laughs> Series race, uh, Watkins Glen International, Kyle Larson wins for the second time this season, and... Jeff, Kyle, I think clearly it was the way that it happened. The second time this season, he's gotten a win at the expense of his Hendrick Motorsports teammate, Chase Elliott, on that you know, final restart. I have to admit, it's been so long
2: since he had won, I didn't remember how he got the first one. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Chase I, Elliott remembers. Yeah, yeah Chase you remembers. That. You Literally. know Chase fans remember, and they're going to yeah. remember this one, too. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's we talked about it all day long. You guys talked about it. Uh, we talked about it in production meetings. We talked about it. Every restart, watch that turn one. That turn one is going to be the place. That turn one, something's going to happen. And, turn, and finally something happened that did affect the outcome of the race. Um, and and we, we see it a lot of times. But, the, listen, I, 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 we talk about it and we're, we're talking about it more because it's Chase Elliott who won uh, Mr. Popular and won uh, the, the regular season champion and his teammate. You know, would it be, what if Ross Chastain was on the outside and it was Denny Hamlin on the inside? What if? You know what I mean? So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen it a thousand times at that racetrack. That same thing. That same move. Yeah. So Just racing. I mean, yeah. honestly,
0: it's just racing. And it does, it brings a little attention to it because they are teammates. Yep. But it's not like Kyle Larson just went in there and cleaned him out and yep. wrecked him. He went in there, got in deep, ro- locked up the right front. Now, he's responsible yep. for locking up the right front. It's not like that did it by itself. It did mm-hmm. it because he was in there deeper than he needed to be. But I just, I, you know, listen, I have a hard time... Feeling bad for Hendrick Motorsports yeah. when they have the two most recent champions. Mm-hmm. They have when you when you stack your field yeah. with competitive guys, you're going to have to manage them. Yeah. I, I, I personally think that Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick know how to manage yep. it. They will manage it. Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson had some go arounds. Like it's that's what you want as a car owner. You want your guys going at it. You're gonna to have to pay the price for it every now. And then. nobody wrecked. Nobody
2: you know what I mean. So yeah. just good hard racing in my eyes. So two things. Do you think Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick didn't handle it because before they even interviewed Chase Elliott, there was a huddle? You're right. Yeah, there right. was a huddle. They, they, right. had, they had already had their discussion. It was handled there right. on, on what was going to happen over here, number one. Number two, uh, and, and, and Larson brought it up. Chase had the choice of lanes. Right. Chase had the choice of lanes. He chose that one, okay? And at the same time, if you're Chase Elliott or if you're Kyle Larson and you're looking in the rearview mirror – you're seeing the most aggressive guy on restarts ever, mm-hmm. Joey Logano, and a guy that wants to win every road course, A.J. Amendinger. You've got to make something happen when you get to turn one because if you don't, you're going to get leapfrogged and you're going to end up third and fourth because those two guys are going to make something happen in turn one.
1: Yeah, and I think that that was Kyle Larson's reasoning yeah. after oh the yeah. race. Was no a, he said
2: that. Like, look,
1: I, I knew that I had Logano and Almendinger. If I don't make that move, That's right. they're going to make a move on me. And, Parker, let's bring you in on this. I talked to you on the NASCAR and NBC podcast earlier. Uh, obviously, a lot of layers to this. Uh, and as we discussed on the podcast as well, and, and Kyle alluded to, Chase has already had the meeting with Rick Hendrick, Jeff Gordon, they had another uh, competition meeting today at Hendrick Motorsports. I'm sure we'd love to be a fly on the wall for that. But what do you make of where all things stand right now for, for Hendrick and these two drivers?
3: I think Kyle had a great point. If they weren't two teammates, I don't think we'd really be discussing it because that's just hard racing at the end of a road course that was hard to pass. You have the opportunity down to turn one. I think you know there's the, the golden rule amongst teammates is to race each other how you want to be raced and to also... You can race each other as hard as you want for most car owners, but you can't wreck each other. And in this instance, they didn't wreck each other, right? Like, they just raced each other really hard. I think if I'm in Chase Elliott's shoes, the only frustration I could possibly have with Kyle Larson being my teammate and maybe wanting to be raced differently would be, hey, man, you know, I didn't finish second. I finished fourth, right? Like, I got shoved so far out, I wasn't able to get, you know, come back and maybe even, you know, fight you for it. If you race me straight up, you beat me, no problem, right? And I think that could be... One of the things that, you know, Chase Elliott wakes up this morning and thinks, you know, I probably should have chosen the inside, right? Like that that could be a decision that could have been different and he'd not put himself in that position. But I think that's hard racing. It's an opportunity for, you know, two cars that were so evenly matched when you look at those last couple of laps leading up to that restart that Larson said it. He knew he had to make a move down into turn one and was given that opportunity on the inside. And he took it, I think, though, if, you know, if he could – have done it in a way that allows that nine car to finish second, I don't even think it's a discussion at all.
0: Yeah. Well, And uh, so, you know, I think part of Chase Elliott, listen, I don't blame Chase Elliott for being frustrated. Yeah, no, at not, all. At all. not at all. Not at I mean, all. you're leading the race, and your yeah. teammate runs you off course. I, I don't, I'm not saying that Chase Elliott should be happy with what happened, okay? Um, I, I think what led up to a lot of this, if you think about Saturday's race, how did Kyle Larson win Saturday's race? Yeah. His teammate was in front of him, and he said, don't worry about me. Yeah. I'm not going to make it three wide. He, his teammate, got they got themselves in trouble yeah. and he went on to win his race. He had nothing to do with that. So now, fast forward 24 hours and you're Chase Elliott and you're like, okay, I can trust my teammate on the inside of me. So I think that this was a matter of just trusting your yeah. teammate and, and, and put, it's okay, you, you and I, the way we grew up, yeah. we would have never given someone the inside never but that has become the way you race now that is not unusual for what Kyle did but it does expose you but teammates always have an expectation that's different than non-teammates they always have this unrealistic expectation but listen if you're going to have a powerhouse and you're going to have a lot of drivers go in races you're going to have these problems Denny Hamlin Kyle, just go through the list.
2: It's no way you can't have these things. It's just part of being a multi car team owner. And that is, I think you you nailed it with the word trust, with the word trust, Um, an understanding, uh, respect, a trust that they they expect. I expect it from you because you're my teammate. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I expect it from you. At the same time, I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, um, you could expect it on Saturday. Because it's an Xfinity race. Fair enough. It's a cup win. Fair enough. This is yeah. bigger. Yeah. This is big, different man. Stakes. It's totally different. Fair enough. Totally different. Uh, you can't expect anything on Sunday. Nothing at all. Let me ask, though. I understand driver expectations, but Parker
1: and I talked about this earlier in the podcast. Team owner expectations, the rule of thumb, the cardinal rule generally for Roger Penske, Rick Hendrick, is I'm fine with drivers racing each other hard. Just don't wreck each other. So yeah. did Kyle Larson adhere to that rule? I mean, does this pass that test? That he, Chase Elliott didn't wreck. Yeah. So essentially, did he follow what, you know, that the standard is so, set by Hendrick? So 24?
2: here's the thing. I don't, he didn't wreck him, okay? So if you're going to use that, if we're going to use the, the strictest term, wreck, um, what, what the definition of wreck is, um, then no, he didn't wreck him. But at the same time, he used him up. Mm-hmm. He used him up, okay? So is that allowed? I, I, I don't know. I mean, here, here's the thing, okay? I think Rick, and I, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it today. From the very, very beginning, from Jeff Bodine and Tim Richmond and Daryl Waltrip and Ricky Rudd and Terry Labonte and all the great drivers that Rick has had, he said, go race, go race. Don't tear my stuff up. Back to your point. But it's okay to race. It's okay to do what you've got to do to win the race for you, and it's okay for you, and I'm out of it. And he's always stepped out, and I don't see him getting in the middle of this one except to say you got to get well, along.
3: But wouldn't his, you know, my point on this one is y- you didn't wreck each other, right? So that's, yep. that passed that test, no doubt. But yep. the nine car didn't finish second. It didn't you make know, any difference. But, but my well, point d- is for Hendrick Motorsports, make. a one-two is different than a one-and-four, right? Yeah, but, but So my point is and that if you're going to be a car owner in this position, my, I would think – your one thing you could say to Kyle Larson, if you, as Jeff said, you know, if you want to be a powerhouse team with a bunch of guys who are capable of winning, they're going to find times where they're racing against each other. The only thing you could say is, hey, we didn't finish 1-2. So how so could me, you have done that in a way that we could have finished 1-2? Okay, so let me ask you a question. How would you have gone into the corner and knocked
2: him out of the way and made sure he finished second?
4: <laughs>
3: I didn't, I didn't say I could pull that off. I, I'm just saying, I, 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 actually, I as a car either. owner, I'm just saying that yeah, could no, 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 be no, no. your, your rebuttal.
2: I hear what you're saying, but as a driver, if I'm driving in the corner and I'm going to get into Jeff in the left rear, I don't know what, what his car feels like. I don't know what his car is <laughs> going to do. I don't know whether he's going to the wall or whether he's going to cross over and catch me in the right rear and spin me the other way. I, I don't know. So it, it's, it's, it's unrealistic expectations, I think, to think that Kyle Larson could control... Once once that right front was locked up. Well, oh, watch yeah. right here.
0: Watch what happens. So watch pay attention to Chase Elliott. He comes out of this in third. Yes. Okay, he comes out of this in third. He's not in fourth. He comes out in third and as they go up the S's is when he loses fourth spot, when he get when he loses third spot. So, yep. You know, I I Yeah. Listen. I here's what I think. I think we as NASCAR fans should be praising this because I hate when teammates don't go at each other. Check this out. So here's Chase Elliott up the S's. He goes to turn right there, and the car won't turn. Yes. He mm-hmm. loses the bottom. Lo- that's right. Joey Logano gets on the outside. And, and Joey he- gets that wrong. He-, he makes a move through the inner loop. It doesn't work out. Some of that's on Chase. Some yep. of that is recovering from that problem. But we should be celebrating the fact that we have teammates that will go after each other. Oh, if listening- we get to the point where we don't, then we are going to lose a fan base. We should celebrate... We should celebrate. Nobody wrecked anybody. It was good, hard racing that people say they want to see. We want to see it on short tracks. We want to see it everywhere. I don't want to see so- somebody get hurt. I don't want to see that. I want to see good racing. That's what we saw. We should be celebrating it. and. Thank goodness they
2: were teammates. Yeah, let me and, ask let, let, let me let me ask you oh something. Yeah, I'm let,
3: on board of that. Hell let, yeah. Let,
2: hell yeah. <laughs> let me okay, let me ask you something, Mr. Formula One. What, what
3: would what,
2: what what would the team call have been on the last restart since Chase had won led the majority of the race and Kyle had been second? What would the team orders have been?
3: Well, you would have had Chase start on the inside. You would just protect it. And but I wanted to protect it. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And I wonder if that's something that Chase thinks about now this week, thinking maybe I should have yeah. to him. Yeah. 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 Yes,
0: yeah. But, but, here, but the dilemma for Chase is this. So over time, relationships get better. They say the same or they erode. So what does this do to the relationship? And if you can't trust Kyle Larson, and Kyle Larson knows that, then he also can't trust Chase. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen... I've seen. doesn't mean they hate each other. No. Right. It's a perfect... This is right. your sport. It's sports. The best drivers in the world are selfish. Oh, yeah. They're selfish, self-centered. The very best have a split personality. Yeah. They can perform in that car in a way that they don't live their life. And what Kyle Larson did right there is not egregious. No. It's not horrible. It was... it it was not courteous to cop to, to his teammate there's no doubt about that it wasn't courteous to his teammate it's stock car racing it's what it was built on yeah and yep. and you know it's yeah it's teammates and that's the only reason talking about this and you can see he's in third yeah, chase in is third. in third and this is a good battle right here and lucky they came out of here yeah. a lot of times they didn't come out but right there chase loses the car again and now the floodgates are open yeah. and they're flying
2: by him. Yeah, because, yep. and, and, and listen, you talk about somebody who puts on a helmet and has a split personality. The guy that just ran him wide right there, Joey Logano, yes. is that guy. Yes. I mean, he, he goes after everybody on the racetrack. Right. He goes after him on restarts. He goes after him on pit road. He goes after him on the last lap. He goes after him on the first lap. And, and that's what they expect out of that. And I think that's back to your deal, trust. These two guys, you know what, what Joey Logano brings to the game. Listen, we know what Ross Chastain. We can throw him in. We know what he brings. I don't believe that Chase believed that's what Kyle was bringing to the last lap, and that—that's the, that's trust, right. factor. That's yeah. the trust factor. That's the trust factor right there. Ex- except that there
1: there was a history here, and it goes back to Fontana, where see, see he, y'all keep well, telling
2: me it goes back to Fontana, and and I'm going to put every bit of that on Chase Elliott. I don't put any of right. that on Kyle Larson. Okay, you know what I mean? That's so I, that that for me. That's a non-issue, and I understand what you're yeah, saying, yeah. but that's a non-issue for
1: that, me. That's fair, but I think it does explain the it reactions does. It
2: does. after the race, and as much as that
1: final restart was a huge topic of yeah. discussion, so were the post race interviews. Yeah. So I think well, we're going to take a, a quick listen to what Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson both had to say after <laughs> Watkins Glen, and we're also going to hear uh, Chase Elliott's radio after Ooh. his incident at Fontana when he got spun by a block by Kyle Larson. Take a listen to all that.
0: Ricky only led the final five laps of the race, but boy, it's going to be all about that final restart with his teammate, Chase Elliott. Been a long time since you guys got to victory lane, but tell me about the move to pass your teammate, Chase Elliott. We did see the right front locked up going into turn one.
4: Yeah, uh, I, mean, I knew that was kind of my only opportunity. Um, I'm not proud of it. Um, but you know, being in the inside lane or the right lane and you being the leader choosing the, out, the left lane it's it's definitely you know wins out um, but when it gets late in the race it's definitely risky and like i said i knew that was my only opportunity to uh, to get by him. so um, you know i felt like our cars were pretty equal today and had a lot of fun after the green flag cycle trying to chase him down and um, kind of burnt my stuff up a little bit but the uh, the restarts you know kept me in it and kept our team in it so uh, proud of our guys, um, good to get another win here at Watkins Glen, uh, get some more bonus points alone in the playoffs, which is, we haven't had many of those this year, so um, you know, hopefully this will build on some momentum, and we can uh, keep racking up some more points.
0: So if the shoe was on the other foot, would you want to have a conversation with your teammate if that move happened?
4: Well, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, we would, we would ultimately have a conversation, uh, we have a competition meeting tomorrow. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think if I was in his shoes, I would I would understand the risk that I'm taking choosing left lane also. So again, like I said, I'm not proud of it, but um, it's for what I felt like I had to do to get the win.
5: Did you learn something on the restart before that you said I'm gonna try and take advantage of it on this final one?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, all the restarts I was in the right lane yesterday uh, with William, I always got myself in a bad spot where you know, my angle was pinched off and. We'd always make contact, and I'd end up, you know, sideways and get passed by people. So I knew everybody's aggression was going to be higher uh, as, as each restart went on. And um, I didn't want to put myself in that position again to get, you know, passed by A.J. or Joey, who were really aggressive behind me. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, part, of, part of racing at it, it, uh, road courses, especially this year, it seems like. So, you know, again, not proud of it, but um, we did what we had to do.
1: Uh, he's not happy about the way it happened. He also said if he was in your shoes, he would have understood the risk of restarting on the outside there. That was the question that I had for you. Did you consider that risk on the final restart?
5: Uh, just a huge congratulations to Kyle and everybody on the 5 team. Uh, congratulations to everybody Hendrick Motorsports for getting another win, and I uh, appreciate Kelly Book for being on our car this weekend.
1: He says this will be discussed, uh, obviously, in competition meetings and between the two of you. What would you like to say to him? Congratulations.
4: He did a great job. Seriously, they deserve it, and uh, looking forward to going to... Uh, Bristol next week and, and trying again with our team. One of your first conversations was with Mr. Hendrick. Uh, was he
1: able to console you at all on, on the loss today?
5: No, I just congratulated him. Like I said, uh, always always good to see HMS win. The boss deserves uh, you know all the wins and all the great things that uh, that go on with this company. So just uh, proud of that and looking forward to uh, looking forward to next week.
6: Hang on, stupid mother. Call five. These are
2: Outside,
5: another
1: one outside here broke again. So there's your history of. Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson in 2022. By the way, uh, Bristol is not next week. It's, uh, we are going to <laughs> Daytona. A yes. little messaging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bristol yeah. is had at me the tricked. end of the first round. I was like, so. Bristol
0: next week? Yeah. I, I've got to <laughs> change my plan. We've got some right. time on so, that li- so listen, you know, we as humans, we don't always hear what someone said. We hear what they think they said or what you think, what you, what you hope they didn't say or what you hope yeah. they did say. When Kyle Larson, when, when, when Chase Elliott listens to Kyle Larson in the interview, On the front straightaway at Watkins Glen, this is what he heard. This is what he heard. I did it on
2: purpose, and you let me do it because you gave me the (laughs) bottle. That's right. That is exactly right. 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 And the the underlying theme was, and I got two guys behind me that if I don't do it, they're going to beat me. That's exactly right. That's what you hear. That's what I heard when I when I when I heard that right there. Uh, I I am ecstatic that um, Chase Elliott got the word out seriously. Like he was. I mean, if you believe, seriously, congratulations. Seriously, I mean, that was so much sarcasm in that. That was that was the. You're jealous one. that something could be that yes, deadpan I, and Yes, because it was so. The delivery perfect, was man. incredible. <laughs> incredible, man. Incredible. But so uh, when you the look Chan, at champion it, it, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. He has he has risen in my book to a totally different level. Uh, listen, you know these guys are upset, dude. I mean, you're just up. They're upset. You know. It, maybe Kyle's a little upset because um, because he, he, he won the way he won, but he's not upset enough to give it back. He's not upset enough to not. Listen, he runs Eldora. He gives a guy a slide job. It's, it's a slide job that didn't work. Sorry, let's yeah. just call it that. You know what I mean? If you look at it that way, it it's just part of racing, man. We can beat it to death, but it's still just part of racing. And all I
3: right. think, just real quick, the frustration on Chase, I think, you know, you have to understand that also he was the fastest car all weekend. Like, you know, from practice to qualifying. He was in another zip code for yeah. those that weekend. He was the dominant car. He fought through rain and all that happened in stage one to get back in that position. B, you know, had that race pretty much covered, I believe, in the speed category over everyone. He was two-tenths better than anyone in the series through the bus stop all weekend. You know, that's the, fr- I don't even know if the Fontana part plays in as much as just the frustration of being the best car all weekend and not having the trophy in the
2: end. Yeah, yeah. but if, if we didn't have all those international drivers, we wouldn't have had all those cautions, so that's a whole other issue too. <laughs> all
3: right, we're going to squeeze in a phone call
1: here on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Let's go to uh, Aaron on the line. Aaron joining us. Welcome to the program. What do you have?
5: Hey guys, um first of all congrats on Carl Larson winning. Maybe neatness or not expensive, but actually this brings up a good question that I have at least I think it's a good, it's a good question.
1: Um when you're going to the last lap of or in in essence the last you know, the the last laps I should say, does it would it really matter if
5: you if you're teammates with another person that's right that's right on your door? I um, mean we've seen this in the
1: the race, uh so yes. Um what do you guys think about that? So does being a teammate matter point. for the win on the last lap? Is the question. Obviously, it doesn't.
2: <laughs> no, no, I yeah. like he says, we saw it at Daytona. Right. You get to block. You're up there. It, it, you, I don't believe you can let it matter. If you're, if you're, if if you, if you believe like Jeff does, and like I believe, I think that drivers are the most selfish people, and it's all about me until they throw the checkered flag. It's all about me. It, it's all well. You know, I'll make apologies, and we'll try to make amends when it's over with, but it's got to be all about you. If it's not all about you, then you need to find another profession. You know what I mean? Because you're going to get it handed to you at some point in time. And we see it every week. There's some really nice guys out there that on restarts get it handed to them on a weekly basis, on a weekly basis. They've got better cars and can start better, but they just don't. They're not that aggressive because they're not willing to do those things. Yeah,
0: it's such such a... It's such a difficult thing being teammates. It really is. Yes. It, it's it's it, you're walking a tightrope all the time. You want to do the right thing, but you got to do the right thing for yourself and your individual team too. It's not there's a lot of benefits to having teammates. There's also some negatives and we, we've had this conversation for years and years in every division wherever you get teammates, it becomes very complicated. Yeah. It just it just does.
3: I think it's just a unique part of motorsports is that unlike other sports, it, At some point in your time as a teammate, you're going to be put in direct competition with each other, right? Like that is – you're going to be in direct competition to get the thing you really want is through your teammate. And how you work through that I think is just – is a unique case in each and every single one. Each relationship is different as you allude to, Jeff. And it's just something you have to deal with and sort of, as Kyle said, at times put aside and at times lean into. And it's just the way it is. The the one advantage – the one advantage that a lot of teams have had
2: uh, in the past – is you've had a superior driver, and everybody else was, right. was behind them. That's right. Okay? When you look at the, the lineup that Rick has, when you look at the lineup that these teams have now, there's not a number, There's, there's, no there's not a driver. clear number one. Yeah. There's not right. a near, clear number one. And when you don't have a clear number one, it's hard to define. Yeah. It's hard to define. These are the guys that
1: have won the last two yes. cup championships. Yeah. I won't,
2: so, yeah. You won't your teammate. To, you want to be on a team with a great teammate. Because he elevates the capabilities of the car. He elevates, elevates the talk with the engineers, with everything. He moves the ball forward. But you don't want that teammate driving the car when he's out there. You want somebody you can beat on a
3: regular basis. The problem you know is I mean? you've got to race
2: them. A, I know. That's the problem. That's the <laughs> yeah. problem because you're helping them get better and they're helping you get better, but then you go head-to-head. The right. rivalry between those two makes this difficult
0: as well. Chase Kyle Larson came into Hendrick Motorsports last year, took the championship, yes. Took yeah. all the races. Chase Elliott did not like that, nor should he have liked it. He's returned the favor this year. He's won the most races. There's a, there's a healthy rivalry yeah. there. That might
1: play into some of this. And that's, as you said, Jeff, that's another reason this should be celebrated. Yes, for sure. Because this is sure. a pretty unique situation. Well, there were more than just two drivers at Watkins Glen. As Kyle noted, there were some from around the world. <laughs> so when we come back on NASCAR America Motor Mouth's other side, we'll talk about the rest of the field at Watkins Glen International yesterday.
3: now let's go through the field, presented by eBay Motors. I think he's the the most badass driver on the planet because um, he doesn't really make any mistakes and we see what he can do in any race car. So second sucks two days in a row, but uh, the race with Kyle Larson for the win at at any race is pretty special
1: and got to thank everybody at Collard Racing. This was absolutely one of the most fun race cars I've ever driven in my life.
3: So Squid and George, all the men and women at Collard Racing forgive me this Action Industry Chevy. I was having so much fun. We were at the back, got spun out in the beginning, had to go to the back a couple times and drive up through the field. So I had a lot of fun and uh man it's
1: uh, it, it, it sucks to be that close. It feels like the old days for me and uh, I'm super proud of this team. You know, usually uh, you go for a stage win, you've buried yourself, which we did. Uh, I think we restarted 27th in the second stage, we got that stage win, which we felt like it was worth it, but you really give away your chance to win when you do that. Um, but Paul really made it, made up for it, and he put two tires on under green and, and got some track position, kind of leveled around six or seven. Uh, and then a couple of restarts at the end, so just a, a great team effort. Everyone did a great job. Paul did great. Uh, we maximized and some uh, with the car we had and, and the strategy we pulled. I don't know if we were going to beat, you know, Larson and Almadinger and, and Elliott, which you know we were able to get in front of him there at the end with Justin him. But uh, everyone did great. I mean, you know, those, those days feel great. It feels like a win. Uh, all things considered, uh, a day like that and, and really getting that many points and putting yourself in position to, to
4: maybe win if they wreck each other. That's uh, what's all about.
0: It was a track position game all day, and now. Uh... We already had our plan heading into a race. Unfortunately, the SRT wasn't the best.
1: We had way too many cautions and that helped some of the guys that were saving fuel, of course, and, and it didn't help our SRT. But uh, overall, very proud of everyone at of Racing. I felt like we had a car. We didn't have the fastest car today, but we had a car capable in the
0: right circumstances to hopefully win the race. And uh, we, just, we just missed it a little bit. I mean, it's hard to read the future sometimes, but... Uh, we prefer when track racing. It's the first time with uh, with Princess uh, in, in, on, on on our Chevy Camaro, so that was that was pretty good.
6: Um, hopefully we can
4: we can keep it rolling. I just need to come out in front of all the cars that uh, came out in front of us on the green flag run. Can't pass nobody, so just getting a train, you just ride around. Um, so we just came out behind a big group of cars uh, on the green flag stop and just never could pass anybody. And the guys did gas only and could never pass them, and then you just get. Restarts don't work out, so not a great day, unfortunately. um, But still, uh, in the race going to Daytona. That was
1: Through the Field presented by eBay Motors. You can be your own pick crew with 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Get the right parts at the right prices. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. So, Finished out there that through the field, Jeff, hearing from Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. did not have a very good day either. So it felt a little bit like a missed opportunity for for Blaney.
0: Yeah, it really did. I, you know, I, I we've seen the Toyotas and Truex struggle on the road courses. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah. I just can't, you know, as good as he's been on road courses, to be no more competitive. Yeah. And then on a day where he was down and and Blaney could have could have finished it off. Yeah. If Blaney goes have a, has a, a normal day like he would normally have. He, finishes it off but he said he just had trouble passing some other people could get through the field he just didn't have enough car uh to get through the field and uh now they go to daytona and if you look you know now what does ryan blaney do going to daytona like he's got to go there to race like somebody else is going to win a race or that you know which doesn't help him at all but you know how does he go like to me it's very very confusing if you're ryan blaney how do you go attack uh a daytona but on a day where Truex didn't have it, gosh, you would have hoped that they could run yep. better and finish him off.
2: Yeah. I, listen, I, I am I am amazing. I, I'm amazed. Uh, I looked at, at you talked about yesterday, being a missed opportunity for Blaney. And I felt like that Richmond was a missed opportunity for Truex. Mm. And then we go back two or three races, there's a missed opportunity for Truex. There's another missed. These guys just keep, they get shots at it, but they can't close. They, they can't, they can't close the other one out, you know, yeah. for, for whatever reason. And that has been the fascinating part to watch these two guys. Uh, and all the time that's going on, we've ticked closer and closer and closer to Daytona and that wild card race. Now we go to Daytona, and there are just two of ten other drivers that can win at Daytona. Just two of ten. You know what I mean? And that takes that last place. Um, so they've put themselves in a bad situation with a lot of pressure and a lot of people shooting at them. Um, they're not just shooting at each other now. They're not just going head to head. It is it's it's a, it's a round robin right now.
3: I feel like watching them uh, this past weekend yesterday was like two heavyweights in a boxing match, 17 rounds in, just completely gasped with nothing left, you know, to hit at each other because it's just like they they just didn't show up either, right? It, this weekend, and I think that's just a, made this a really compelling situation going to Daytona. And you said it, Jeff. It's confusing if you're in Blaney's position, that 12 team, how do you tackle Daytona? I asked him that question in that interview, and he just sort of said something about, you know, basically coming out of there, getting 24, you know, having at least one more point over the 19, you know? So I think, and I actually laughed, because I just thought it was almost like a ridiculous answer to the situation of, like, how do you go tackle that race? Because there's not only are you now racing against the 19, there's the others out there that could win, and you've got to make sure you also get the points. So do you go and go really hard for the stages and then sort of evaluate what you do in stage three i i just think it's a really uh interesting discussion and something i i think that 12 team is sort of going through all the scenarios this week and thinking all right what do we you know what do we want to see what do we what's our move if this happens and so on and so forth because otherwise i just don't know how you play it it's gonna be really fascinating to watch Yeah, I mean, it's going
1: to be complete chaos at Daytona to go in with a plan of, like, hey, I want to play for stage points and just make sure that we're ahead of the 19. I mean, obviously, all of that can be wrecked literally and figuratively at
0: a moment's notice at this track. It's almost like they put that that race in the season for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, Whoever did that was really smart about that. Really
3: smart, That was good. That was good.
1: (laughs) All right, well, when we come back, uh, we'll be talking to another driver at a very good day at Watkins Glen International, Michael McDowell, joining us on the other side on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. There he is, talking to the sixth-place finisher at Watkins Glen.
3: Tyler Reddick is on the move. He's just gotten the third spot. He's trying to get the second spot, and now he's trying to go for the lead. Here's Michael McDowell. Power move coming downhill into the S's. He'll go from third to first, but not if Chase Elliott has anything to say about it. Good Ford Chevy battle for the lead going to the back straightaway.
1: Joined now by Michael McDowell. As you can see, his number 34 Ford spent some time up at the front at Watkins Glen, but. Didn't quite break right for you at the end there, uh, Michael, but you're running top five most of the day. Take us through uh, your race there.
5: Yeah, I mean, it it was a a fun race, you know, starting off in the rain there, you know, with a little bit of experience, you know, at Watkins going in the rain. I thought, you know, I could take probably a few more chances than those guys in front of me and try to get some track position. And uh, so that worked out really well. Um, You know, everybody did a great job. Strategy was was, uh, on point yesterday and, you know, we were in position a few times in the race there, and and just didn't quite have the pace that the nine and the five did. Uh, but felt like if we could stay in front of them, we would we would have a shot at it. And you know that that caution coming out at the end there was really the opportunity that we needed uh, to have another shot at it, restarting third and. Uh just didn't work out, didn't uh, execute it perfectly, and, and that's what it takes to win a cup race. You just got to do everything perfectly. Uh, but we had a shot at it. We had a really strong day. Uh, it's a bummer for sure. We you know we came in there with high hopes that this would be a good shot for us to uh, to win a race and get into the playoffs. But uh, we were there. We fought hard, and we just didn't get it done.
0: Well, Michael, I know you're disappointed with, with finishing six, but uh isn't that a good thing that you've got you've moved this team as a driver on road courses uh and and really on mile and a half to be able to have that expectations uh to go and have a real shot to win a race i mean you've moved this team forward uh, over the years and doing a good job that's a lot to be proud of i assume
5: you know it is and it's all about perspective like you said i mean yesterday when i got out of the car for sure i was bummed out and disappointed you know, definitely the fastest car that I've had on a road course and probably the best shot that I've had at winning a race. Um, but at the same time, I, I've come to Watkins Glen for 10 years and, and ran 25th. So uh, there's definitely a lot to be you know thankful for. You know, I think that, you know, Bob Jenkins and everybody at Front Row has given us, you know, a great opportunity to build this program. And Uh, we've had a lot of great people over the years and and we've really built something and and so to go there and be able to take the fight to the Hendrick cars and have pace and and go head to head and toe to toe with the best you know i'm really proud of where we are as a team and as an organization Uh, but so much is uh you know valued on those playoffs and and trying to get that win and so to be that close and not get it done for sure hurts, but I'm very proud of of what we've done at at Front Row Motorsports and and really proud of, you know, what we've accomplished this year with, you know, 10 top tens. And and like you said, Jeff, it's not just running at the road courses or super speedways now. We can do it anywhere and and every week. And so I'm really proud of where we're at.
2: Yeah, so I asked you this yesterday uh, when we were standing there beside the pit box. um, You you know, if I went up and down pit road and asked. For Watkins Glen and for Daytona, uh, you get the, the usual suspects, but Michael McDowell and Front Row was in the top two or three of everybody's, yeah, they can win here and they can win at Daytona. Uh, that, that's, that's a place you've never been before. You talk about running 25th at Watkins Glen. That's a place you've never been and Front Row's never been. And I ask you, and, and you had an interesting answer, are you feeling that? Are you feeling a little bit of that we can go and do it at these two places?
5: Yeah, definitely. And and I think the, um, you know, the answer was the same yesterday as it is today. We can. And we absolutely have that mentality that we can go win these races. And I think yesterday showed that, you know, that we can go up there, we can challenge for the lead, we can, you know, execute on pit road and do all the things that we need to do as a whole team and put a race together to do that. So, um, you know going to Daytona we have a great shot you know it's my statistically my best track obviously is where we got a win um, we've always had speed at the super speedway um, but at the same time like you guys have talked about Daytona can go a lot of different ways but I feel like we'll have a shot at it just like we did you know yesterday at Watkins Glen and um, hopefully we can execute and get it done
1: definitely we'll have a shot Saturday night on NBC and Peacock Daytona for this Daytona 500 winner I think we've got some phone calls about that yeah. Michael let's uh go to the phones and talk to nascar nascar welcome to nascar america Motormouse, and you've got michael mcdowell here hey thank you a uh, good run yesterday michael so before i get to my question i'd like to take a little bit of stress off you if i could going into daytona you will not have to worry about chase elliott because according to him he will be in bristol saturday evening.
4: <laughs> so, okay, that's
1: a little bit take a little bit off your mind um, no seriously um... You know, going back to Daytona, now it's totally going to be different. We're going to be in night conditions compared to when the 500 starts in the day. But the little bit of data that you got from the first race at Daytona, how much can you apply to that, to the setup going into this race, to know that you got the best piece ready to give you a chance to make the playoffs?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that it's, it's two parts, you know, not just the 500, but also Talladega. You know, the car for me drove really well at Daytona. And we thought, hey, let's get aggressive and let's trim this thing out and and see how much speed we can get out of it going to Talladega. And that did not work for the race. It was a handful. I had a hard time keeping it straight by myself. So uh, I think we have a good plan going to Daytona for the second time and and having two super speedways where we can go kind of figure a few things out with this brand-new car. Um, And then, like you said, you know, we're going to be racing into the evening, but at the same time, Daytona, summer, hot, slick, um, you know, a lot changes, you know, definitely when, when you put a lot of heat into the uh, the racetrack. So I think handling will still be an issue. It's something that you're going to have to have. But if it comes down to a green-white checkered, you want to have all the speed you can get. And so it's a fine balance for sure. But I feel like we've done a good job of, you know, maximizing uh, the races where we've missed it and being able to come back and, and figure some things out. So um, I feel like Daytona will be strong for us.
1: Let's stay on the lines and talk to James in New York. James, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouths.
5: Hey, Michael. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, James? I'm doing good. Uh, so my question is, um, after scoring uh, two top tens in the Daytona 500 and a Talladega, which are two similarly uh, tracks, as well as Watkins Glen yesterday on the road course, uh, what have you and the 34 team learned uh, going into Daytona once again for the regular season finale next weekend? Well, I mean, the good thing is, is we know what we have to do, right? We we don't have to worry about stage points. We don't have to worry about anything like that. We just got to try to win the race. So, you know, really it's about taking that approach, being aggressive with the strategy, making sure we're working, you know, with our Ford teammates across the board. Um, and, and we've seen these races really come down to executing that, that final, you know, green flag stop and making sure that you you do that well and you're you know you're playing that right. And so I think that these races really come down to track position. Um but leading up to that is that last green flag stop. So uh you got to have a good plan, you got to work with uh, your friends well and you know at the same time you just got to be prepared for anything cuz at Daytona we've seen it go, you know, green and and not a lot of action and and we've seen it be three-wide the entire race and and really challenging with a lot of wrecks. So I'm just going to do the same thing I've always done there. And, and that seems to work for me. You know, statistically, um, a lot of top tens there and, and being in position at the end. And I can't really put a pinpoint on why that is, but I just kind of do my thing there and it seems to work out.
1: Well, it certainly has worked out for you in yep. the past. Daytona 500 winner last year and hoping to be another Daytona winner this Saturday to get in the playoffs. Michael McDowell, thanks for joining us on NASCAR America. Yeah, thank,
5: thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you Michael.
1: All right, when we come back, more of your phone calls. We'll talk a little bit more of Watkins Glen, maybe some Daytona as well here, NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Join us, 1-844-NASCAR-NBC.
5: It's really hard to win these races.
0: The best in the world out there competing. Yeah. When you get it
1: done, it's a hell of a feeling.
0: Let's go, boys.
1: When you grow up a race car driver, you dream of getting to race at Daytona. This is the biggest
0: race of the season because it determines who will make the playoffs. Hell yeah!
1: Daytona falls at such a crucial time in our playoffs, and you go to that race knowing that anybody can win. We end our regular season there with a lot of pressure, obviously, for some people trying to get into the playoffs. It's just a totally different atmosphere and intensity than when we go there for the Daytona 500. sitting up there and steve's like they can run that whole first stage without even really trying he he won't get lapped and just go as easy as he wants and take his time knowing how i was nervous for my first race and uh i would be like man what a relief that's really what i'd love to do and uh that's
6: exactly what they told you they came with the radio and they're like hey man we're gonna chill and when you heard that were you like that's a nice relief i don't know i wanted to go (laughs) really yeah i just wanted to I, just, I was going to be easy for the first couple of hours, I want to figure out how much it was. So I remember I just kind of was stuck back there, and they kind of just worked their way up and up and up. Yeah. This past weekend, you ended up in the top ten. When you get out of the car, what's your feeling about that result? I was frustrated because we were, I feel like, way capable of running better than that. Um, and the car was really good, and Bubba ran really good. Um, uh, but I got caught speeding in Section 18, just as 60.01. I was just a little bit, but it was enough to get called. And, um I was more frustrated about that because we came out in the top. I think we came out sixth or fifth or sixth or something like what that. What point of the race was that? At the end of last stage. Oh, so, it was so, like so the last. Thirty stage. Ago. Yeah, it was like the, last, the last. The last segment. I got you. I was frustrated with that because I knew I was like, man, I could have maybe had the top five or if I, I mean, if you got clean air, you're gonna, you're gonna have a shot to win. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mean, never say never. So I mean, I was just mad because I took myself out of the opportunity.
1: That's. Ty Gibbs on the Dale Jr. Download. The podcast has been out, but you can check out the video version on USA Network, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Friday. Ty Gibbs joining the Dale Jr. Download. And as we already knew, a very confident young man. Oh, for sure. And a pretty good driver as well.
0: Yeah. 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 See the upcoming schedule? Bristol isn't till the, uh, till the 17th <laughs> <laughs> just for clarification.
2: This is yeah, <laughs> a very important I, clarification. I do have <laughs> to say. I do have to say. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it that I'm old. But but when they panned from Dale to Mike Davis to Ty, it was like, who's that ten year old? I know, dad, yeah, right? He's really about. He's nineteen, but, yeah, he looks I know, but so I'm younger. just saying with yeah. that, with that, he, he looks older. That's like the at two the guys racetrack. in his forties, he yeah, looks really young. Yeah, he, yeah. Looks, he looks older at the racetrack in his uniform, walking down pit road, and you see that, and it's like. Oh, my gosh, man, this is an episode of Kids Say the Darnest Things.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) We're going to watch this and see what happens. By the way, uh, Chase Elliott did mention that Bristol was next week again in the media center, but eventually did clarify when he was asked about, hey, Hendrick's really good at Daytona. Chase said, oh, yeah, you're right. That's next week. I'm still not sure what was going on there. I think there may be a little bit more to that story. Uh, Anyway, let's go back to the phones. NASCAR America Motor Mouse being joined by Shane on the line. Shane, welcome to the program. Uh, Good evening, gentlemen. I love the show. I just had a question. As a race fan, I love drama, but I understand NASCAR is a business. Was um, Chase Elliott given team orders after the race to mute his response? Because I would think for content, I don't want to see guys fighting or anything like that. But after his responses with Denny Hamlin in the past and Kevin Harvick, he seemed very muted. As a business standpoint, as a fan, as a viewer would it would be better to see him show a little more of his personality and the second question is what are the odds in the future of kyle petty doing a broadcast with
2: his hair free flowing and not in a ponytail i think it would make great content thank so you very much it, i think it would make great content too okay so I, I, if i just pull it down and just let it just yeah. flow like that the old mellow yellow yeah. days look. but like the right. wind blows so hard yesterday i couldn't do it the, <laughs> yesterday was the day that was on the schedule to do it and we just couldn't couldn't make it happen all yesterday right. i didn't come prepared for that
0: question <laughs> all right well i think we can answer don't, shane's yeah.
1: other question
0: yeah. uh so Liz, you, you every is different every driver has yeah. a different personality and they all respond in their own ways that they're comfortable with and i i don't think that chase Elliott was told don't say this don't say that i think chase Elliott was just being chase Elliott. yeah and and, and i really don't think it's any deeper than that and you know you do know that you you have a car owner and you you know you have sponsors and but ultimately, Chase Elliott's going to be Chase Elliott. Yeah. He, we know that about him. One thing you can be confident about Chase Elliott is what you see is what you get, and you know he doesn't have anything to hide. Doesn't want to hide anything, and he, you know, he he's, that's just the answer he wanted to give. It was no more yeah, difficult at that to point that.
2: in time. That's what yeah. I, exactly. That's all with him. Not every
0: yeah. driver I can say that with, but yeah. him,
1: that's for sure. Yeah. All right, let's take another phone call. Jordan joining us from Georgia. Jordan, Jordan, welcome to NASCAR American Motor Mouths.
2: Hey, good, good evening. How are y'all? Are you three guys? We're great. great. I just have
0: one quick question. I know when y'all were social media wasn't that big, but now it's huge.
1: Uh, little backstory: story, been a Jimmy Johnson fan my whole life. I uh, really wanted to convert to Chase Elliott when uh, Jimmy retired, but I fell in love with Cliff Daniels and the way he calls race, basically checked and Alice without all the yelling. So now I'm a Kyle Larson fan. How does Kyle Larson go up throughout the week?
2: Getting on social media and just seeing all Chase Elliott fans just absolutely ripping his head off. For, like this? Uh, in my opinion, a clean like, move.
0: Like this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, who cares? You
0: can't look, let it. If, if, I, if Kyle Petty and I are racing against each other, his fans are supposed to not like me. Now, right. I'm not talking about you know hate me, yeah. but there's pull for him. And that's what rivalries are built on. Yeah. I don't... You know, fans aren't supposed to be rational. It's okay yeah. that, that fans, you know, keep it to a limit. But it's okay that Chase Elliott fans are going to be mad at Kyle Larson. That's what makes sports. Is yeah. you got to have a passionate fan base, and I, I, you, you gotta,
2: you gotta shut your eyes and your ears to social media and just do what you think's right. Yeah, that's exact. That, you can't. He can't. Listen, I, I, I was in a restaurant the other night, and Kyle Larson was sitting at the. He he ate at the bar. You know, he, he was having a steak at the bar. Um, And he had his phone. And I'm thinking, oh, he's he's scrolling social media. And that's exactly what he was doing. (laughs) He was watching a sprint car race. Right on the... He uses uses his phone. He's not a social media kingpin. He doesn't... I mean... It's not going to cross his mind, dude. It's not going to cross his mind. He's been in these situations. I just don't think it's going to bother him. Has, it, has it gotten more complicated? From the fans. Though? From the fans. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying from the fans.
1: For you guys, when you guys drove and there was no social media, you could just shut it all out. Don't yeah. read anything. Don't watch anything. Now, drivers are asked by sponsors to be on social media. Yes. like There has to be some level of interaction. So, right? so let me hard ask. to shut it out. That's
2: right. But how many drivers do you think are, are truly on social media? I when guess that's when my point. Do, do you have somebody yeah. handle There's that. somebody doing do that, that. that for you. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of cases there's somebody doing that for you. And especially when it comes to answering fans. Yeah. And and interacting with fans. You have to be very very careful on how you go back at a fan. Um, believe me, I know. I go back <laughs> at them all the time. You know, but you do. You have to be you it's, you have to tiptoe around them. And and, and and you have to you have to take a lot. The best thing to do, and I've said it before is if if I pick up my social media and you say something bad about me, or you say something bad about me, and I know you guys, and you're willing to put it out there, then it hurts, okay? But if you know, John Q. Smith from Iowa says something bad, I don't know him, he didn't know me, he's got six followers, yeah, you know what I mean, and four of them are in, in the same house he's in, he could just tell them, he doesn't have to tweet it, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So you don't, you you, you they don't know you, they're yeah. just fans, like like. You said they're fans of Chase Elliott, and they're going to vent. Let them vent. Yeah, social media is not a discussion. It's neither social or um, media. Just so, remember that.
0: But it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the. I don't. Uh, I don't have the desire to look at all the drive, people's yeah. comments about about when I was driving because I that's just it
2: just was negative energy for me yeah it didn't, that's right. didn't produce that's just me everybody's right. different yep yeah it's like the internet it's got to be a fact i don't people, mind now. people <laughs> still think that i'm in the booth 90 percent of the time when steve latart says something so you know it's legit I stuff. i love those tweets <laughs> you know right. it's, it's legit stuff you it. yeah, know yeah. it's legit stuff Good uh,
1: let's, <laughs> uh, let's squeeze in one more phone call from hunter in georgia hunter welcome to nascar america Mouths. Yes, sir. Appreciate a big Kyle Larson
5: fan here. Uh, I've been keeping up with him for a long time, and he's not a very aggressive driver. He drives people really clean. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that uh, this past Sunday, as far as his history and how that factors into all this. And you know, what do you think this was intentional or not?
1: Okay, was it a little bit out of character for Kyle Larson to make this move to win a race? No, that's
2: not out. Well, of character. I think I think he's asking to <laughs> no, to I don't be aggressive, that, be that physical. I don't believe. I, I guess I I, I guess. I don't know, and Jeff, you correct me because I just didn't see Kyle Larson drive down into the corner intentionally to take out the nine car. Okay, I saw Kyle Larson say, "If I got a fender here, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be. I got to do something because I let William pinch me off the day before yet, or the next day before. So I'm going to have to do something. And when that right front locked, he's got he's along for the ride too. Okay, he's like he could let off and let that right front roll. And then he and Chase would have been somewhere down around um, the Finger Lakes region. You know, they, they'd have been all the way in Watkins Glen because <laughs> there was no coming back from that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I just don't believe it. It was intentional. His intent was to take the lead. Right. So, yes, it was, that part was intentional. To go down there and run Chase that wide and do some of that, I'm not sure that was intentional. As we heard Parker say, he should have just knocked him back to second. You, you, you can't just knock a guy back to second. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't look at it that it,
0: way. You know, when, when you're a race car driver, you drive down in the corner and in turn one trying to outbreak the guy that you're trying to race. You're not real sure what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: You know, that, that's the thing I think, that, I think that fans don't completely appreciate is that the drivers aren't always in complete control. Because if you operate these race cars the way they're supposed to be operated, it's on the edge of control. It's on the edge of grip. He went past it. We saw with the right front tire locked up. Had he really intended, I'm just going to knock, knock him out of the way, period, yeah. end of story, we would have never seen a right front lock yeah, up.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: He was trying to get the car slowed down to get the car turned. Now, was he going to use all the racetrack on corner exit?
2: 100%. 100%.
0: But I, don't think, that he, I think that he got in there a little hotter, didn't get slowed yeah. down as much as he wanted to get slowed down. But, you know, when you launch... When you launch a race car with that much power, and you're going to go toe to toe with a guy, you don't know what the outcome is. I, that's the thing. Yeah. Like you have to sail it down in there, and like he didn't outbreak him by that much. No. It wasn't like he got in there that deep. And no. and it just, it's just racing. I mean, that's it's just two guys racing and racing hard. And I know why Chase yeah. is upset. And he should no, be yeah, upset. yeah, we did. He should be upset. This is what we this is what we expect of our but,
2: drivers but is racing hard. Here's the deal. This this is why these guys are, are, in my opinion, the greatest drivers in the world. They can, they go to the edge of control, and sometimes they go over, but they're able to bring it back. And that's what he did. He went over the edge of control, and he brought it back, and he got back under control. And no harm, no foul. I, I, I just, I, I don't. We can talk this one until yeah. ever, and it's just not a, it's a non-issue for me. You know what I mean? I thought that was one of the cleanest races. That I'd seen. Let's go back to 10 years ago and and Marcus Ambrose and... um and Brad K, Brad K. that last yeah. lap. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. There was nothing clean about that. Go back, that, to, the that r- a... Go back to the last road race at yeah. Indy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's ex- <laughs> and that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I thought it was one of the cleanest road races we've had. And I don't think anybody would have predicted
1: that when no. there was monsoon-like conditions yeah. like an no. hour before they actually went green. No. A really good job of NASCAR. I, I thought they handled that. Job right. Good. And by the drivers, the teams, great NASCAR, job.
2: everybody did a good everybody. job with the water. And the fans stuck it out, too, man. That was cool. They always do. A very special
1: weekend. And at Watkins Glen, good night here on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. We appreciate you joining us. Daytona coming up Saturday. We or got another Or Bristol. Or Bristol. Bristol. edition of NASCAR American Motor Mouse, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Thanks for joining us.